0: So as part of our quarter of media in this season, we're discussing in episode three today about print media, such as books. Um, So Brendan and I will be discussing in our books we've read, books we'll be recommending uh, and things along those lines. Yes. And today will be our
1: third episode of our media series, just discussing media. And as you had not said, print media today, the OG of the media and yeah we're I mean, just excited to jump into it
0: yeah exactly right so let's uh get into the show my name is lowell fisser
1: my name is brendan now and you are listening to finding books
0: Back for more this week. So, still in this quarter, we're talking about media. And on the topic of media this week, we're going to be talking about print media or books in that instance. Um, I hope you've got something lock and loaded for our audience, Brendan. It's going to be. A- yes, I'm very excited to talk about books, especially paperback books, as reading
1: is a thing I find myself doing on a regular basis. And as a starting point, um, talking about uh, books and paperback books uh, specifically is that I found that there's a, a common analogy that, I don't know, that paperback books have perhaps declined in popularity over the years. But actually, after doing some research, Luhalyn, I found myself that the figures have actually improved and that they're now constantly surpassing 650 million paperback copies sold per year and that the paperback is still the preferred method of reading over ebooks. And I think the average US consumer of something like that, as like more than 60% of adults within the US have read a print book in the last 12 months, which I think is astonishing. I don't know what do you think about these figures?
0: I mean, yeah, look, that's not bad considering the amount of book sales going up in the world. Like you look, you look at a an author like you know, Stephen King, who's renowned for his horror books, he's sold. 350 million books across his career man so like and and he's written numerous books as well um at pupil it the shining you know a good marriage like he's he's got a lot of great books and yeah he's just and he I read recently that um his body of work got acquired by uh, Scribner and Simon and Schuster something like that they acquired the majority of his work so yeah look hmm. even with If you're not talking about paperback books, even like with Audible, you know, you you can listen to a book that's being narrated to you like that's become very popular recently. So, you know, the fact that it's becoming more accessible to to the everyday consumer, it's really amazing.
1: Absolutely. And like I think specifically when you have a great and talented author which has been proven himself for decades now, like Stephen King, which I find amongst his fans, which I am a big fanboy of, that there is really a sensational appetite uh, around the content and you know, consuming Stephen King novels. Like I remember, actually, over December holidays, I bought another installment of the, the Dark Tower series um, mm. from Stephen King, which is a series I quite enjoy. Like I didn't enjoy the movie. If we're talking about the film, because I think think like they force maybe too many books into one movie. Um, but nonetheless, I feel like I just Alba and Matthew McConaughey's performances. We're very cool. and I think like a person like Stephen King is like he can just write a novel and you can just like expect like a movie adaption. Mm. Um, how do you find um the general um, feeling towards movie adaptions on books? Do you think they do them justice, or do you think like paperback or just books in general is the best format of media?
0: Well, on the topic of Stephen King, man, like, yeah, he just he does illustrate things in uh, different ways than your normal everyday horror writer would. Um, A a lot of his stories take place in Maine, um, which is where he's from. So The Shining, which you like, it's in Maine. Um, The the famous it book takes place in Maine. So I, I think his work must be real personal for him if he's writing in the state where he's from, if he's basing these stories, these factual stories in the sense that there is some history to the story itself, like a fictional history. Um, but yeah, look, to, to put it quite simply to answer your question about these movies um, being adapted from books, I saw this really cool thing where if you took a book as it is, and you put a CD disc over the front of it. The disc covers the majority of the book, but not the entire book. Which means that mm-hmm. there will always be content left out when you're making a movie. Um, so I do think that there are a lot of instances where it's hit and miss with adaptations of books into movies because you know that the, the director or the producers are interpreting the book. It's not really the author who who makes the movie as well. So yeah, you're, you're putting a different mind in control of, of the outcome, well, which is a flaw in itself.
1: And now on the topic of Stephen King and movie adaptions, I think we can find a lot of times like the author would perhaps not agree with the way, I don't know, his book was portrayed in a specific film. As so I think The Shining is a primary example of that, which I find I must a bit disagree there with Stephen King Is it is probably one of my favorite all-time horror films as I think I've established in our previous episode and we talked about movies and I remember like he was very dissatisfied with the film and he made like this I think this mini tv series it wasn't very good in my opinion but still nonetheless the book and the movie the 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 uh, Stanley Kubrick version is by far one of the most influential I think stories in horror over the ages and is there like a specific Stephen
0: King uh, novel that stuck with you Well, the only one I've read so far by Stephen King is the it book. Um, But Mm. there is one that was recommended to me by someone I worked with. Um, They saw I was reading the it book at the time. And they recommended that I read a book by Stephen King called at pupil, um, which he described to me. It's about this kid in primary school um, who somehow um, becomes associated with a neighbor up the road from the school or from his house or something like that. And this neighbor ended up having a, a background tied to Nazis or, or something like that. So, oh yes, yes. Very, very interesting and broad concept there, which um, if that's tied in with a suspense or a thriller or even a horror genre, then I I definitely remembered that book i mentioned previously some movies and songs that i want to listen to but never do watch or listen to stick with me uh and this is the book that's gonna stick with me until i end up going online and buying it like that's that's what i'll go ahead and do how about you man like what's, what's a book that's really stuck with you like specifically stephen king or oh just whatever. genre? yeah
1: i find myself like i'm not particularly a person that reads a lot of novels per se um i'm more of a person i like um books uh, regarding i know science inventions physics chemistry i also really enjoyed reading books about philosophy you know just really i find myself thinking okay let's get something you know like a novel maybe just to break the habit you know just get some form of entertainment i don't know what about you when specifically reading uh, like genres but first to answer your question i think a, a book that i specifically like really enjoyed um is see during high school i was never very um scientifically or, uh, orientated like of classes and stuff like i had biology which i quite enjoyed but it was, and later in my life like post matric which i uh, got an interest in things like uh, physics and chemistry and I think a book that really helped me get into the genre was by one Stephen King which needs no introduction um, which is a brief history of time which I think was a very nice book and I definitely encourage most people to read that it's just like the ideas and everything he talks in it about the book about it is just absolutely revolutionary um, I've read many Stephen King books and I think that one it, it stuck with me it's the ideas he has, the work he's put in there. It just, it's just like literally a brief history of time from the beginning of time, what happened before time started and like, where is it going? Will the world end? Will there be a big crunch? Will we continuously uh, continue expanding? You discuss things like thermodynamics. It's just an awesome entry-level book. I think that for people that have a general interest in like physics and like just planets and anything like that in general.
0: Yeah, well, when you're reading books, Uh, is that the kind of genre you go for then? Um, do you do you like, you know, this philosophical? Or oh, yes. Or... like
1: Philosophical, like, actually, we just, um, I have a book which I am currently reading. It's a classic. I don't know if you're familiar with the author uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky, which is a very prominent um, Russian historical figure. I don't know, like, Russia right now is not particularly, like, a point... A talking point, which you really can talk well about, but I definitely think I love Russian philosophy and books coming out of that age, and specifically the is name. I have a copy of it here. Um, it's called um, Notes from the Underground, which I is a great freaking... It's just a bunch of short stories um, from the author, but it's so deep in its philosophical meaning and what it brings to the table. Like, for example, there's tales in there of this guy... That um, he sits in a, 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 what do you call it, a graveyard, and he could start hearing the spirits talking to him. And others about just this philosophical tale about like this man that lives in a house in poverty, an old man um, with a bunch of other old people. And once he passes, they found actually that he chose to live that way and like he had lots of rubles and money stuck away in his mattress. You know, it's a small philosophical sense. You can take so much from a small short story like that. I still have to complete it, but I've read the fair share of the short stories. But I do love philosophy, man. Like, not like Friedrich Nietzsche, Um, um Like, the root goes on and on. Uh, this German author, uh, Schopenhauer. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Also, very deep uh, philosophy. I think it definitely stretches from... My background is I had drama as a subject in high school, and I think a lot of times we dealt with a lot of things like, um, you know, like a lot of philosophy goes into it, and in absurd theatre. I love absurdity when it comes to novels and stories as well. Like, like books are like music, man. You don't particularly have one genre you always listen to. You have a bunch you try, man. And I think that makes us. It... And what about you? Do you like what do you read? Do you like novels? Do you like self help books? Like
0: really a bit of everything. Um, like I've had this bookstore in town that, um, sold all sorts of books and they had a little cart out the front that had, uh, three books for 15 bucks. So I thought, okay, Mm -hmm. great. I'll just grab three books and, and read them, you know, just see what's going on. Uh, the, one of those books that I grabbed is called Winslow Plain. Now Winslow Plain is the name of the town and basically if I can read here this book was published in the early 20th century like it's a really old book um, it's not so much a first published book here we go 1903 and yeah it's it's by a Sarah P. McLean Green and um, to make a long story short Winslow Plain it, it it's it's hard to explain what it's about but it's about the, the people in the town Winslow Plain. Um, it follows mainly the story through a kid's eyes and they, they go through this town. There's no antagonist. There's no, um, there's a couple of protagonists. There is some, mm-hmm. some story there, but really good book um, all around that I found. Um, another book I, was, I bought, it's just plainly called Economics because I'm also interested in economics and business. And this one is by a uh, Partha Dasgupta. And this is just all about economy. So like, you know, how two towns can have the exact same circumstances, but they will have two different social setups. So two different social norms and, and ways for people to think and interact. Um, another one here that my, my brother actually got me for my 20th birthday, it's by Jock Sharong. It's called The Rules of Backyard Cricket. And this this was a really... Really good one to read. It's about uh, two Australian brothers who are both cricketers for the national Victorian cricket team. And um, it's one of those things, one brother is the loose cannon, the other one's the quiet, sensible one. Um, And to to make it simple, um, the, the loose cannon gets tied up in all sorts of wrong things. The book starts off with him being in the back of a trunk, shot in the leg, trying to break out, like really tense starts the book. Um, But the one I'm currently reading, it's a bit of it's a mix of finance and self help. It's a book by Tony Robbins. It's literally just called money. And uh, this is basically giving you steps to financial freedom. And um, some of the things I've read in this book about, you know, uh, how much do you need to be financially independent? Oh, some people will say I need a million dollars. I need hundreds of millions of dollars. He said, no, if you actually go ahead and work out your daily expenses, um, and everything that goes into your expenditure, you'll 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 be surprised to find you only need a tenth or a percent of what you thought. Me personally, after I worked everything out, if I want to be financially independent with the dream car, the dream house, all that stuff, all I need to make every year is a hundred thousand dollars. That's a million rand. Oh, wow. that's all I need to wow. make. which is which is doable. Like when you start working. Mm. Think of a salary. You get a salary. Um, the average salary in Australia is between fifty and sixty thousand dollars per year. You're already halfway there. So that that was a really good book to read um, to answer your question. Those my genres are um, they stretch from fiction to nonfiction, man. But I haven't I haven't as such chained myself to an author yet. That's mm-hmm. something I have yet to do. But yeah, like, do you, do you follow any of the audible trends lately? So we just listen to a book instead of reading it? Not really, no. For example, like, I find myself sometimes lazy to read, as I think most
1: people do. For example, I have like a really thick book, you know, you can take your time. It's not, um, I just think it's a lot to read sometimes. So sometimes I do feel, you know, an audible book would be nice, but I've, felt myself over the years really being loyal to actually reading um because i find myself i can't get an audible for the my textbooks in which i study for university i have to read so i have to stay in practice so even in my time my own time recreational time i just read paperback books i sometimes read digital books i must say but never the audible and about you do you like ebooks and stuff like that or do you prefer paperback you know,
0: and why I, yeah man like i tried getting into um some online books i the the closest i ever got to an online book was same as you as at university um it was a textbook and i didn't want to pay a hundred dollars for a textbook that i was only going to use mm-hmm. for one semester so i ended up downloading the pdf version of the textbook mm-hmm. and i hated it like i didn't like having the constant blue light strain on me which sounds like it sounds very ironic because we watch television that has blue light. We have cell phones that's blue light right there. You know, I I'm looking at you through a screen right now. That's blue light. But if you're mm. if you're trying to if you're cognitively linked to this screen and you're trying to, to focus on what you're reading, it's it's quite difficult. So mm. even with um, Audible, if I want to listen to a, a book, I may as well just listen to a podcast like
1: yeah absolutely
0: and if you think about it like isn't that what a song is a song is just someone putting their emotions out to you which is what Mm. essentially a book is the same thing but someone's Mm. narrating the book so it's I guess you can argue they're similar in many ways how much do you think um books or the accessibility of books have um have actually grown in the last century, like how the industry has changed, you know, like.
1: Well, I definitely think books, whatever your preferred format is, if it be audible, digital, paperback, I think access has really gone up in terms of services you get now. I mean, I think you can get subscription services for books now, now these days, which they send you a couple books every month, which I think is something very nice that I'd like maybe like to explore in the near future or so but I do feel like in a sense I know what the case is in um, Australia but I think in South Africa libraries are not that popular anymore I think like a lot of libraries always close as I think to myself the library burned down um, near my hometown in Gordons Bay not the one specifically in Gordons Bay it's more out of town which I really like going to that burned down I know a year or two ago, and there's still been no plans
0: for reconstruction, which I just maybe shows the times we live in. But in your hometown of yeah. Springs, where we met, one of the libraries um, just miraculously closed down as well. I don't mm. recall why, but they did say it was closed until further notice. Um, so, yeah, it does. And measure- notice never came. <laughs> no, no they, they, they. Further notice was the notice. So. That's true, man.
1: I think I know, like exactly the library you talked about. Like that's actually why I started out. I mean, as a kid, you know, as a youngster, I've always wanted to read. I remember my parents always telling me tales, which I was very small before I could read and started school. I would always stare at books for hours. I could not understand or read a word, but like I really look at them and want to learn. And when I actually started learning to read, which I was, uh, I was six years old, I could read pretty much fluently. I was always at the library every weekend. That was my bread and, not my bread and butter, but you keep was saying it. That was my main pastime. I, I enjoyed that more than watching TV. I enjoyed that more than anything. And now it's for me quite sad how times have changed. I do still read, but I definitely don't read as much as I used to, which I was younger. And I mean, like speaking of adolescence and things like that, is there a specific book when you were younger, like you really enjoyed and like you have reread over the years and maybe like, which just to you was defines like your
0: childhood, man. Like, is there a specific book like that for you? Um, There will always be iconic books um, that Mm. I'll find myself coming to. Um, So when I was a kid, uh, my parents, they they read some kids' books to me. They didn't do the whole lullaby, tuck me in, read me a story, goodnight thing. They still love me though, but mm-hmm. like was just- I should hope so. <laughs> it's just different. I hope so, your mother could love that face. <laughs>
1: That's why we're podcasting. So people that really have to see them.
0: <laughs> we also have a YouTube channel just for those listening. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I really want to read like all the critically acclaimed books. Like I want to read um, Moby Dick. Uh, the Classics, the, yeah. The Art of War. Um, oh, I love that book. Yeah. i like, read that. Exactly. <laughs> like, I really want to read these critically acclaimed books. Um, but, you know, there is this one book, I, I guess I will find myself coming back to every every few years. Um, there's this one book called Circles in a Forest by Dalian Mattia. Or it's a South, okay. South African author. Or in Afrikaans, cool. it's Kranga in a, in a Boss. yeah yeah
1: yeah i'm right away with the novel when you said like the afrikaans like version because you first said the english i was like what the fuck is he talking about
0: (laughs) that's why i said that because there's an english adaptation of the book um i didn't even know that (laughs) it's it's in um it takes place in naisna in south africa um so and it's just one of those one of those books that that define the generation so that's one book I probably will find myself coming back to, but this thing we were saying about libraries, man, I did think about that for a second, just to get back to it. Um, you know, when an author or a publisher sells a book to a library, um, they've essentially gained a customer and lost thousands of customers at the same time, because you can have that one book, um, rented out to numerous people for well not for free but the publisher doesn't receive payment when the library rents the book leases the books out to people so you know you you want to sell your books to libraries but at the same time you you really don't man like it's Mm -hmm. i guess you can argue it's the same as when a musician sells a cd to someone or if a movie sells a DVD to someone like they've lost all future mm-hmm. revenue. So for those people to own the rights to the book. Um but at the same time and in a country like South Africa where the infrastructure isn't where it could be with, with especially with a public service like a library, I do understand why they would close it down because these books would not be returned, which voids the purpose of the whole leasing structure. Mm-hmm. No. Um, it's a government, it's a government initiative. So the funding is very low or non-existent um i mean last year september between september and january i was working across the road from a library in our town here in albury and every lunch break i would go and do uni uni work or edit this podcast in the library because i i'd and i'd sit there and it's so funny i'd look at all the titles on the books um, and some of them were just so strange like some of them were about climate change and how we can fight mm-hmm. it some of them were were about cooking there was this one french desserts book um mm-hmm. one of them one of them had this title called you know hung like an argentinian duck and i thought what <laughs> that was a very, <laughs> very <fuck>? strange title <laughs> so i yeah man it's just it's an underfunded industry there's so much knowledge at one building Mm -hmm. and it's it's being phased out it's being avoided altogether um but yeah man like you know i guess another question i i could i could ask is do you do you think then you said that books are the sales of paper or printback books are increasing do you think that's sustainable with if you look at from a from a, a corporate social responsibility point of view books are made from paper paper comes from trees do you think mm. it's trees take oxygen and kill carbon dioxide which helps climate change do you then think it's just better to have everything digitalized now
1: yeah I think there's a lot of pros and cons that you can talk about. Like personally, I doubt the sustainability of paperback in the future. Um, It's just about the environmental um, repercussions it has. Um, That's one thing, but as well, you know, we can move completely digitally, which we are in a digital age, but as to add on what you said earlier about the blue lights, you know, it's like I said, there's pros and cons to anything. Like personally for me, always, Uh, uh, the paperback book will be the king. It'll be all, nothing for me can ever beat that. But you have to ask yourself the question of sustainability and for how long we can continue it. But it's nice for me to know, like, you can go out, you can buy the paperback book and it's yours. You know, it is the physical thing you hold in your hand. It's your property. You can use it as you deem fit. I feel a lot of the times if you use like services, reading services and subscription services, you don't own that property, man. That that thing is just there. It's, it's the thing you read. But it's something nice for me about having a bookcase. And I think that's something I will always try for the rest of my life. Even though how limited I imagine books would become available paperback, I'd always try to have something in my home. Um, but yeah, man, like definitely like Getting back on the topic of the classics, man, like you have to have the paperbacks of the classics, even not being the first edition. I think that is the way it is meant to be read. Like for when I was a child, I particularly enjoyed the book by H.G. Wells. I know you probably know it's Time Machine. It's a very old book. I think it was written in the uh, 19th century. Very much enjoy that. I did a book report on it in so my first year at university. You could pick a book. But yeah, man, there's just something different for me about just going to the library, picking up a book sitting there and reading it than just sitting here at my home on my tablet or whatever it may be, reading it. Is it sustainable? Probably no. But is it my preferred
0: method? Yes. All right. Well, then as another final question to you, what's a book you'd recommend to someone to read? Or what's a book that that you think only you've ever read and that no one else knows about? that you'd recommend? Well, there's this book that I
1: read about two years back. It's not a very thick book. I think it's very informative and interesting. It's called The Accidental Scientist. It's written by, it's uh, Graham Donald. It just, it it is what it is, The Accidental Scientist. It's just, accidental discoveries it's anything man from dna to lsd to tnt man it's just incredible it gives you historical background on it how it came to be and how we use it these days i think it's that's one thing about me for books which i like i like informative book i like to learn something from it it might sound like a very nerdy thing to say but that's why just give it a read man and for you is there a book like maybe you can
0: recommend for the listeners Oh, there's a book I bought for my friend um, about a few years ago that I heard about. Um, It's it's the book about Shackleton's incredible voyage. It's called Endurance. Mm -hmm. It's by Alfred Lansing, Um, and I just if you know about Shackleton's incredible voyage, it's an infamous story. Um, And I don't know, I, I don't know what the story is about. I just know that these men have their their ship essentially freezes over on the Arctic ocean and they Mm. go to this Island. And, um, despite all these circumstances, not one soul was lost. Um, I'm not sure if something happens on the Island, if they all go Lord of the flies on each other or not. (laughs) Um, um, what's really cool and why I want to read the book even more now is because they recently found that ship that uh, I imagine the ship sunk, they they found the ship recently, like I'm talking a few months ago. So now I'm like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: great, that's even that will be a, a bigger emotional hinge to the book now because I can say I was alive in the period where they found this boat that sunk mm-hmm. after reading the book or before, you know. So that's that's something I'd recommend people to get onto, and it's also based on you know this story. Mm-hmm. So definitely recommended, man.
1: Awesome, man. Let's give that a look. And for the brave souls out
0: there willing to see our faces, go check out our YouTube channel. (laughs) Yes, it's not the print media. This is all digital, by the way. (laughs) But wonderful. That's another wrap for us, guys. And stay tuned because next week we'll be back for another hot topic on media for you guys. So take it away, Brendan. Boats and hoes.